You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is Paul Lazarus. In the 1980s, I produced and hosted a radio series called Anything Goes, a celebration of the American musical theater. Now the Broadway Podcast Network is bringing back these shows. Today, part one of a three-part look at the career of composer-lyricist Stephen Schwartz. Schwartz is best known for his amazing scores for Godspell, Pippin, Working, and Wicked. This program was originally broadcast in 1980, long before Wicked had even been conceived. In olden days, a glimpse of shocking was a look on a something shocking, but now God knows anything goes. Good afternoon and welcome to Anything Goes. I'm your host, Paul Lazarus. Today I'm pleased to present as my guest, composer-lyricist Stephen Schwartz, whose many shows include Godspell, Pippin, and The Magic Show, all of which ran simultaneously on Broadway, and more recently, The Baker's Wife and Working. Join us for the next hour and a half as we talk to Stephen Schwartz by way of a pre-recorded interview and listen to many selections from his scores. And as a special treat, Schwartz will go to the piano himself to play many of his songs, uh, both rare and well-known. to perform 
wanted to take you back at first to to the beginnings, uh, not like through the misty eons of time. Right, not like birth, but <laughs> what was when was the f the first show? What was your first show ever? Was it high school or college? Oh no! Oh, you mean <clears throat> really like, way back? I really always did shows. Back. Really, even as a child, you were writing oh, songs. Oh sure, yeah, shows bullying the children in the neighborhood to participate in these things that we charge a quarter for. And At your house? I was always, oh yes, in the backyard or down in the basement. Uh -huh. I was always enraged when everything wouldn't go just so, you know. One time I insisted on refunding the money because I felt the, the show was, wasn't up to snuff. This caused great embarrassment was this to my city? parents. Uh, no, by this time we were on Long Island in uh, Roslyn. You told me about the, the shows you wrote in college a little bit. And that you wrote a, virtually a show a year at Carnegie Mellon. Yeah, they had a, uh, an organization, uh, not allied with the drama department at all, in fact, uh, slightly at odds with the drama department often, called Scotch and Soda, which I think a, a lot of uh, colleges have organizations like that. You know, Harvard has Hasty Pudding, and uh, Northwestern has the Wame U shows and everything. What was the reaction of people to your stuff then? Obviously, they didn't know uh, what you're going to write in the near future, and they didn't know you as Stephen Schwartz, who wrote Godspell and Pippin, etc. They only knew you as a classmate. How are they reacting to your stuff at that point? Um, very, very well. You know, everyone seemed to like it and went around singing the songs and uh, said they were looking forward to the terrible albums that we we used to do of the of the shows. I know, which I forced yeah. you to bring me one. Yes, there's one song that, I, that I, I went back and listened to them the other day and, of course, was appalled and said, oh, no, I can't, we, we can't play this and we can't play that. But there is one song in the original Pippin Pippin, which uh, is sort of interesting. Uh, it's a song called Begging Milady's Pardon. And this, this is still in, the, of course, the court intrigue days. This is right off the college recording. And uh, in it, the the character who wound up being Irene Ryan, Pippin's grandmother, comes to court to talk to the woman who wound up being Leland Palmer, Fastrada, on his behalf. And it's a, a very sort of bitchy uh, dialogue. It, it, it sh I, I was interested when I w listened to it yesterday, actually, again, because it showed that even then I had a, uh, an attraction to doing musical scenes. I mean, the whole thing is, is a, a musical scene between mm -hmm. the two of them. And uh, I just want to add that I was 16 or, no, I was 17 years old when I wrote this, so people who are listening to it should be forgiving in that regard. Begging my lady's pardon, hoping I don't seem rude. Busy am I at present, surely you'll not intrude. So you'll forgive if I merely suggest to save us both grief. My dear, that you permit me to clearly suggest your visit be brief. My dear, you appear sorely in need of a rest, you're creaking in every joint. So I surmise it would be wise if we forget the formalities, dear, and proceed to the point. Big 
begging my lady's pardon. I have a surprise in store. Seemingly you don't know that Charles is away at war. I cannot blame you for being dismayed. I simply could cry for you. And though I'm sorry, I'm really afraid there's nothing that I can do. If I were able, I'd come to your aid. Of this you could have no doubt. If but I could, I surely would. But I cannot and I won't. And now, dear, will you kindly get out? Pardon, from an original cast recording made in Stephen Schwartz's college days at Carnegie Mellon, and that from the original score to Pippin Pippin, which later became Pippin. And you're listening to an interview with composer-lyricist Stephen Schwartz. Why did you go for drama at that point? You went to Carnegie Tech, obviously, for a drama degree, am I wrong? Yeah, that's correct. No, that's right. So, I mean, you could have been, you could have maybe making a choice to go to, let's say, Juilliard for a music degree. Well, uh, I'd been, I had been going to Juilliard uh, Prep when I was in high school. I used to come in every Saturday and go to Juilliard Prep, and I'd had an awful lot of music at that point. I'd been taking piano lessons since I was 
seven, so that was about nine, ten years by that point, and I'd had a lot of theory and two years of composition at, at Juilliard Prep, but I was very lazy when I was at Juilliard, when I was in high school. I used to um, play hooky a lot and tell my parents I was going off to Juilliard and then go to see the matinee if I can get it for you wholesale, <laughs> <laughs> or um, I would... Uh, I wouldn't do anything all week long, and then I would wind up scribbling, scribbling out trumpet parts on the train, and I was not a, a very diligent student. I regret it now sometimes when my ignorance of orchestration becomes burdensome. I say, if I'd studied then, I would know what the range of the viola was, but it's too late now. Well, I wanted to ask you, because I'm getting you to play Butterflies Are Free later, how, how did that happen? Was that uh, your first assignment? Yeah. Um, that was in uh, 69, so it was, I guess I'd been in, in the city about six months or s maybe a little longer than that because I was already working with, with Shirley. And she called me up one day, she was at IFA at the time, and said she knew of the show that was being done, Butterflies Are Free, she was representing Keir Delay, and they needed a song for it because the guy was supposed to be a composer, and she sent me the script. And I read through it. Um, this guy was, he was blind, you know. And so I did this little folk song, uh, trying to keep all visual images out of it. That was the only sort of interesting thing uh, and fun thing to do, was to try and do a song which, was, which had absolutely no visual images in it. And also, it's a very short song, and also to keep it believable that a, an amateur uh, writer who, who didn't know too many chords on the guitar, and I knew Kier was going to have to play it and couldn't really play the guitar, um, that, that he had done this song. Of course, well, being an amateur writer. A lot of people know writer, that song, but don't know that you wrote it, I think. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, was, uh, I was, of course, delighted. It came along so suddenly, and I did this song, and they called me up and said, you know, we'd like to use this song, and we'll pay you $25 a week if you let us use it. That, I mean, the fact that someone was going to pay me $25 a week to use a song was so extraordinary to me. I was absolutely delighted. I knew the day you met me I could love you if you let me Though you touched my cheek and said How easy you'd forget me You said Butterflies are free And so I said it wouldn't hurt me if you left without a warning. I said, butterflies are free. And so are we. And you made me understand right from the start. I could hold your gentle hand, but never hold your heart. So why the crying? When we both agreed there'd be no tears in our goodbye, we said, Butterflies are free. Why aren't we? Stephen Schwartz at the piano himself performing one of his earliest songs for Broadway show, Butterflies Are Free. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. 
So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From what I know of Godspell, it started out at Carnegie Tech, and then you were... People who you had known at school didn't even know that you were being brought into That's it. right, and, and I didn't know who they were. It was very strange, and it, it came up at a quite a low point actually in, in my life. I had, I had been working for RCA Records for a couple of years. I, I got a job working in, the, um, in their A&R department there when I, when I came to New York. I got that through Shirley as well. And um, that had just come to an end. That was, I'd been there two years. And I, by our mutual agreement, we left. And I had been doing musical direction for uh, a rock musical that uh, was a catastrophe in New York called uh, The Survival of St. Joan. And that had just opened to blisteringly oh, horrible reviews. I had reviews. seen the recording of that. And yeah. I saw your name on it. And I wasn't even yeah, sure. Yeah, I produced the record, it, too. That's right, OK. Uh, um, and anyway. Uh, so those things were, you know, I was there, I had no job or whatever, and I went out, Carol and I went out to my folks' house and uh, for my birthday, which was, uh, this was in, in March of 71, and, and I got a call from um, somebody who worked for Lansbury and Baru. And they, uh, uh, they had heard the score for Pippin about, oh, maybe six months before when I was being trundled around playing the score for people. And they had seen Godspell uh, at the Café La Mama, where it was being done, not really as a musical. There were some songs in it, a, a couple of which the cast had written, uh, mm -hmm. one of which was By My Side, which I like so much I retained for the final show, and also doing some uh, songs that I think, I think they were doing Laura Nero songs and some other things in places. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, they had seen it there, and they wanted to move it to Off-Broadway, but they thought it should be a musical, and they had remembered the stuff I did for Pippin, and they asked me would I go see it. And, uh, Did you know at the time who was doing it? I had no idea. So uh, we went into the city to Cafe La Mama and saw this, and <laughs> there were all these people that I'd gone to school with up there doing their little show. So it was very surprising to me. Of course, I'd known John Michael at school, though I, I had no idea that he'd done this. And, uh, so he, this is John Michael Treblack, right? John Michael Treblack, yeah. Treblack. He and was a couple of years behind me at school. And he, he was doing it as a, what, a kind of thesis project? He or? did it originally, yes, as his... Uh, what they call a thesis. I mean, you had to do a play. I right. think it was his graduate um, thesis at Carnegie Tech, or his senior project. I forget whether exactly what it was he was doing it for. I guess it must have been graduate, and that's why I was gone by the time he did it, because I'd been out of school uh, three years by then, or two and a half years by then. So you you came and uh, yeah, I saw it, I, and I liked it pretty well. I remember it gave Carol a headache. And I said, no, no, I, I think it was, it was pretty good. She said, I liked it, but it was hard to tell through the haze of pain. <laughs> and, uh, of course, I would have done anything at that point. I was 
I thought it was unbelievable that anybody was asking me to write anything. And I went the, the next week to a meeting up at Lansbury and Baru, and this was in March of 71, and they said, la la la, and we're going into rehearsal April 11th, and go home and write the score. So that was five weeks or whatever, so I went home and started writing. Did you think that was going to emerge from the score so individually? No, I thought All Good Gifts was the hit in the score. Oh, there was I'm one. glad to hear that, because that's, that's, <laughs> that really was my favorite song. In it. Um, Day by Day was written because we wanted, I, I'd always wanted to have an audience sing along. This, this has gone back to the days when I used to go to Weaver's concerts, you know, and Pete Seeger would say, we're all going to sing on top of Old Smokey together. And I thought that was so wonderful, and they'd never done it in a show, and I always wanted that to happen. The only time I think of that that actually happened was Once in Love with Amy. It actually oh, the became, audience actually sang along It actually along became a part of the show that Ray Well, Bowen we did it with no time at all, too. I mean, finally, in the next show, we brought down the screen and had the little bouncing ball and tried fabulous. to get everybody to sing along. But uh, what happened in Day by Day was that I tried to make it so simple, and it is just the same thing over and over and over again, that by the middle of the song, if you'd never heard it before, you could sing right along. And ultimately, we, we abandoned the idea of trying to get the audience to sing along because we felt it was early in the show and too pushy and all like that. Uh -huh. um, though they did all wind up clapping along somehow. But uh, I think that simplicity and that constant repetition is, is what made it uh, yeah. be a hit song. Day by day Day by day
day performed by the original cast members of Godspell. You're listening to a pre-recorded interview with composer lyricist Stephen Schwartz. You've told me about the the shows as you were a kid growing up. Why? I mean I, I'm just trying to figure out what what makes a kid want to do that. In your case, was there anyone in your family in connected nope. with No, nope. I have no idea. Um, my folks you know, we lived near to the New York area, and they used to take me to shows. Do you remember the I, first show you saw? Yeah, the first. Oh, well, this is yeah. Now that you mention it, I can see what where it came from. Um, actually, the first stage thing that I ever saw was the stage show at the Roxy in the days when they were the when there was the Roxy. Mm-hmm. I I don't remember the movie anymore that my uh, I think my it was just my mother took my sister and I to see, but I I couldn't believe that there were. I just was entranced seeing the stage show. And then shortly thereafter that, a man who lived next door to us was a composer. His name was George Kleinsinger. And he had written a, um, a record, actually, called Archie Mehitabel, uh, oh, an adaptation of uh, uh, the Don Marquis stories. And that was made a Broadway musical in 1950-whatever-it-was, 54, 55, called Shinbone Alley. And I did go to see that. So that was the first show that I saw. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I had the bug, so I kept going to, to see uh, shows, musicals mostly. And He's the kind of kid who ran home after seeing a show and sat down at the piano trying to figure out what they were. Oh, sure, of course, yeah. That's interesting, it, that, you know, that you live next door to someone who writes. Is it, that interests me because it seems, that seems a pattern for several other people, yeah. too, in a lot of ways. I think that's why finally my parents got me the piano, too. Uh-huh. I said, you know, I really would like a piano, and I was always over the Klein singers noodling on their piano. And finding you weren't pushed to, re- to practice, were you? You were. 
Oh, push to practice? Oh, yes. Oh, you oh I had to be wheedled and bribed and cajoled. I hated to practice. Uh -huh. I, my, my laziness has, was with me from a very early age. <laughs> I used to love to play the piano, and I would sit for hours playing the piano, but I really didn't like to practice what I was supposed to be practicing. And I would constantly have fights with my parents, and my mother would say, uh, I would say, that's it then, I'm, I'm quitting, I'm not taking piano lessons anymore. And she would say, fine, all right, you call Mr. Harrell and you tell him that you're quitting the, you're not going to take lessons and you won't be into your lesson next week. And of course I could never face that, making that phone call. So I'd say, all right, all right I'll, I'll practice. practice. <laughs> they used to say, if you practice and I hear for a month that you've done very, very well, uh, then I'll take you to see the revival of South Pacific at City Center. I mean, they went through all this car. <laughs> the carrot, the great carrot. Uh, the carrots and sticks, where there was a lot of, lot of both of those. Oh, amazing. We talked about Pippin and how it went through all these various manifestations and got to Broadway. I, I was just curious about one thing, because when I saw it, uh, I was fortunate to still see it when Ben Vereen was, was in it. Did uh, how was Ben Vereen found for Broadway? I mean, because of Jesus Christ Superstar. Or? Yeah, he. Uh, I guess Bob had seen him in uh, in Superstar, and brought him in. He came in and sang Alfie and something from Superstar, and he was just wonderful, of course. And yeah. we all went back to Stuart's office and said, "Well, I mean, we've we've got to write a part for this person," <laughs> and we wound up combining. Um, five roles actually into that's when the leading player role evolved because I was ben, wondering about that because with someone like Ben Breen it would seem like it would come after you found him that that's exactly what happened that's what I thought there yeah. was a troop of players but there were about four or five roles that Ben wound up taking all of them and they they began to be assimilated into that conception did you actually tailor songs to his own abilities no not really no I would frankly I do it more now than I did it at the time uh-huh uh, the score was pretty well done by that point, too. The, uh, uh, and none of the songs that were added were, were for bad. I've never seen anyone as triple talented as he is. I mean, he literally can do it all. I mean, there are other people that good, uh, certainly, but I don't think I've ever been as impressed with an individual performer as what all the things that he was doing in that show. Yeah, he's a major talent. Sweet summer evenings, hot wine and bread. Sharing your supper, sharing your day. Simple joys have a simple voice. He says, oh, why not go ahead? And wouldn't you rather be a left-handed flea? A crab on a slab at the bottom of the sea than a man who never learns how to be free. Not till he's cold and dead. I'll sing you a story of a sorrowful lad And everything he wanted, he didn't want what he had He had wealth and pelt and name and fame and all of that noise He didn't have none of those simple joys His life seemed purposeless and flat Aren't you glad you don't feel like that? So he ran from all the deeds he'd done He ran from things he'd just begun He ran from himself, which is mighty far to run out into the country where he played as a boy He knew he had to find him some simple joys He wanted someplace warm and green We all could use a change of scene Sweet summer evenings So full of sound Gaining a lover Gaining a pound Ba 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 ba
You've been listening to part one of a three-part look at the career of legendary composer-lyricist Stephen Schwartz. Anything Goes Backstage with Broadway's Best is produced and hosted by Paul Lazarus. For more information, visit anythinggoespl.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and follow us. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.